do you eat for breakfast most days? A smoothie, a blueberry, like chia, almond milk, almond butter smoothie. What's your favorite go-to snack? Avocado toast or hummus. What's your favorite takeout food? Pizza. <laughs> Excluding spices and oils, what are your top three pantry ingredients? Lemon, pasta, and Gobby's go-to is a seasoning blend. So do you have any kitchen gadgets you just can't live without? My Vitamix blender is my workhorse, my KitchenAid mixer, and then I have a really cool, like, all-clad Dutch oven that I cook everything in. Hey, Tedra. Hey, Jay. So today on the show, we're chatting with Gabby Delkin from What's Gabby Cooking? She's all about the California life, flip-flops, sunshine, fresh green goddess salads, backyard dinner parties, and of course, tons of avocados. We chat about her early days and her impromptu culinary school stint that quickly led to working as a private chef and the launch of her blog. She tells how she met her husband, Thomas, what led to her two cookbook deals, and how not taking no for an answer helped her launch her very own product line with William Sonoma. We love her down-to-earth personality, our shared love of reality TV, and of course, delicious food. Listen in. Before we get started, we just have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the podcast, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Just click the share button and spread the get-to-know love. Thanks, guys. You're listening to We Get to Know Podcast, and for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Gabi. Hey, Gabi, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm great, and I'm particularly excited to be talking to you today. I'm a big fan of you, your personality, your website, All Things California. I'm stoked. <laughs> Thank you. I'm pumped to be here. Right. So tell us a little bit about your childhood, specifically food-related stuff, and like where you're originally from, how many siblings you've got, that kind of stuff. Sure. So I was born in Chicago. I have one younger sister. Her name is Anya. And then we lived in Chicago for a couple years and then moved to Arizona. I was the world's pickiest eater. I remember when we moved to Tucson, my mom was like, we're going out for Mexican food and they put guacamole in front of us and I threw a fit. I was five. I was like, that's disgusting. (laughs) I ate pasta and grilled cheese. No exaggeration until I was well into my teenage years. And it wasn't until, you know, my senior year of high school, college that I really learned how to like food. (laughs) So you weren't really in the kitchen cooking too much then as a kid? No, I mean, I started watching Food Network a ton when I was kind of a junior and senior in high school. And I would like bake cookies with my mom and my dad and I'd make pasta and stuff like that. But it was very limited. It wasn't until college where I really started experimenting in culinary school when I really got into it. Where did you go to college and what were you majoring in? I went to St. Mary's College in California, up in Northern California in the Bay Area. When I got there, I was pre-med, which is hysterical looking back on it because I got to some chemistry class and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I quit. And I switched over to business. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what you graduated with. Yeah. Okay. And so what were you thinking like that you wanted to do with your life at that point? So I was up in the Bay Area. My then boyfriend at the time, now husband, he's a year older than me and he had moved to LA. So I picked up and I moved to LA and I got a job in the fashion world doing kind of like PR and marketing. And I was miserable 
luckily the company folded six months after I was there, which is like such a blessing in disguise. And I went to culinary school as a way to kind of put off getting another job. And I loved cooking at that point. Like I liked cooking for Thomas, my husband and having little dinner parties. And I just wanted to be more confident in the kitchen. So I went to culinary school just on a whim for fun. And my first week at culinary school, I decided to start my blog. I interviewed for a job as a nanny and the family found out I was going to culinary school and they were like, can you be our private chef instead? And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I started culinary school and I tried like mushrooms and fish and all the things that I had never had growing up for the first time. So your family must have been like, what the heck? Just totally shocked. Yeah. They still think I'm an alien. Like my mom's mom is an incredible cook, but no one else really loves to cook. And I love to cook, but I love feeding people even more. Like I just like having people at my dinner table and seeing them get excited about food and trying new things, family included. I love surprising them and getting them to wrap their head around a new dish. You said that you were a super picky eater and then you gradually learned to love cooking. Like, was that just a gradual process or was there anything specific that stands out that kind of got you into the love of cooking for people? Well, in high school, my senior year, right after graduation, I tried steak for the first time and I thought I was such a boss. (laughs) And then in college, I got really chubby. I gained the freshman 15, like right off the bat. And I decided that if I wanted to lose that weight, I needed to start cooking for myself. So I just made really simple veggie sautés and, you know, like veggie quesadillas, stuff like that. And then when I got to culinary school, I'm a very competitive person by nature. Like I played tennis all my life and throughout college and D1. And my culinary school teacher was just like, listen, if you don't learn how to eat all these things, you're never going to make it in the food world. And At that point, I had no intention of staying in the food world, but I was like, okay, like I see you and I will take that challenge. So I really kind of opened up my eyes to the world of food and started trying different things. And I don't love everything, but I will try everything once. That's awesome. I just want to back up for a second because I was reading on your website about a funny story on how you met your husband. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I'm a little upset that I didn't invent Match.com because I feel like I would be a billionaire (laughs) if I did. So I basically Match.com myself before it existed. So Thomas is a year older than me. And when I got accepted to play tennis at St. Mary's, my best friend Emily came over and she said, we have to look at all the athletes on the St. Mary's website and find out what teams have the cute boys. Duh. (laughs) Duh. We looked at baseball and basketball and rugby and soccer and lacrosse and all the things and got to tennis. And I was like, oh, like Thomas, he looks like totally my type. Meanwhile, he had like bleach blonde tips no way. and look like such a punk skater in this photo like looking back now I don't know what I was thinking and we met the first day of school at tennis practice and I instantly had a crush on him and now we're married so oh, that's a cool story <laughs> <laughs> so jump forward tell us how was culinary school just as an overall experience was it like a whole year or how long do those last these days so I was in a condensed program it was six months of culinary school six months of pastry school because I was working also at the same time like trying to be a private chef which was actually quite successful I faked it till I made it so hard like it was great and it was just incredible like I was there with one of my girlfriends and we would drive to school together and drive home from school together. 
and we would try all these different things. And I, I loved it. We would make six or seven recipes a night and I would bring leftovers home for Thomas to try. It was just a really eye-opening experience for me. It sounds amazing. I actually want to go to culinary school at some point in my life. Like. Oh my gosh, you should. So there are condensed programs like I did for people who are working that are just one or two nights a week for six hours and you come out with the same degree you would as like a Cordon Bleu or like any of the big crazy schools in LA, New York and Napa, but way less hours. So how do you feel about the whole like do you have to go to a big school versus just a regular culinary school? How do you feel about all that? No, I don't even think you have to go to culinary school, to be honest. Like, I'm very happy that I went because, you know, in the food blogging world, a lot of people didn't go to culinary school. And I feel like because I went, I can look at a recipe and tell you immediately if it's going to work or not based on ratios and things like that, which makes developing recipes even easier for me. Mm. But I don't think you have to go like if you want to work in a restaurant or kitchen or catering, I don't think culinary school is necessary. I think, you know, trial and error and just working in the field is the way to get there. For me, I wanted once I got into it, I wanted that stamp of approval. And I wanted that next level of credibility. Okay, so you finished culinary school. And then were you starting to private chef while you were at culinary school? Or oh, yeah. Private Chef started like the second week of culinary school. And the first few weeks were a little sketchy because I didn't really know what I was doing. But eventually I got into the swing of it and I was cooking for this incredible family in Malibu. And I stayed with them probably for like two and a half years. And then Jessica Simpson called me and she was like, can you be my chef? And I was like, who says no to that? No way. <laughs> That's amazing. So I went and I cooked for her for a couple of years. I was writing my first book at the time. And so as that was coming out, I walked away from private chefing because I was going on a little mini book tour. And I just told myself, if I'm going to make What's Gabby Cooking into something, at that time, the blog was making just as much money as my private chef salary. Mm. It's like I have to jump head in and see if I can actually do this. I can always go back to private chefing if I need to, but you know, I kind of have to give what's got be cooking a try, like full time. Okay, and I want to get to that in a second, but I do want to hear like what the private chefing is really like. I mean, are you no joke, like at this person's house every day prepping? Yeah, both jobs were very cushy. So the Malibu job. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd go to Barry's Boot Camp or Soul Cycle, and I wouldn't have to be at their house until three when the kids were home from school. Mm, nice. Because then I would make a snack and I would start dinner and put dinner on the table and then I'd bounce. So I was there from like three to seven most days. With Jess, I would shop every morning at like eight thirty, nine ish, get to her house by nine thirty and do breakfast, lunch. We'd all sit down and like have lunch together, make dinner, pop dinner in the fridge, and I'd leave by three and then her housekeeper would follow whatever instructions I left on heating dinner because, you know, I feel like for her, there are a lot of people in her house all the time with assistants and chefs. And so I dinner was like a really nice family time for them. So no one really stuck around for dinner except for her and her family, which was great for me because it meant I got to go home and hang out with Thomas. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, great. it was very cushy. I have plenty of friends who did private chefing and it does not look like that. So if anyone's listening and wants to go into private chef work, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too excited. <laughs> no, most people are there from, you know, 7 a.m. until 7 p.m., 
at both jobs, I had housekeepers that would do all my dishes. Oh, nice. <laughs> I had a good gig. I could never go back because nothing will ever be as good. <laughs> okay, so I want to hear about the blog. Did you start it, did you say while you were in culinary school? The culinary school, private chef, and blog all started within probably 10 days of each other. Dang, that's a lot. Yeah, it was crazy. And the blog was very much a hobby at first. Like, if you go back... I've tried to hide some of them, but like if you go back to the first few posts, it is special to say the least. All the people we interview who started back, you know, in oh my God. the OG time frame, like yeah. 2009 or so, they're always like, yeah. just please don't look at the original stuff. No, I think it's so funny. I post it all the time on Insta stories. I'm like shooting with a little point and shoot macro style with artificial light late at night on like a really ugly countertop. It is hysterical. Like it's so <laughs> ugly. But for the first year or two, that's really what it was. Like it was just my kind of diary of what I was learning in culinary school and what I was cooking for my clients that I could post and my friends and family. And I mean, mainly my mom was my only reader, (laughs) you know, so they could see what I was doing. The purpose, I guess, was just to document what you're doing, like you said. But then did you have any idea that you could monetize it? Like, did you see this as a future? It was just really like a nice hobby. It was definitely a hobby. And then I feel like maybe like 18, 24 months into it, I got a call from a brand who was interested in working with me and they had $250 and I was jazzed. I was like, (laughs) holy cow, that's enough to buy my groceries for the month. Yes. (laughs) And after, you know, like it was a very slow roll and it kind of snowballed. And so one $250 project turned into two $400 projects. And so on and so forth. And finally, after, you know, graduating culinary and pastry school, being at my private chef jobs for probably three and a half ish years, the blog was doing really well. And I was earning equal paychecks from either of those, you know, revenue streams. Was that mind blowing to you? Like, yeah, it was mind blowing. And it was terrifying, because it's not a stable career wasn't back then. Like, Anything could happen. The platform could go away. At that time, Twitter was huge. And I was like, what if people stop paying me to do Twitter parties? <laughs> was Instagram even around yet? No. No, Instagram didn't even exist. And so it's crazy to think back at that time. You said like there was a snowball at some point, but like how long was it for you to see any kind of substantial growth? I started the blog in 2009, I think, and I didn't really see any real income, I believe, until late 2011, early 2012. And then that's when I walked away from private chefing and my book came out just before that, I think. Pretty gradual, though. Yeah, I mean, it was really funny when I quit private chefing. I think my parents were so nervous for me because they were like, oh, my God, she's going to start asking us for money again. Like, are we going to have to go back to the college days and pay her rent? We thought you were going to do pre-med. I mean, come on, Gabby. (laughs) So they didn't understand really how I was making money for the first couple years. And we'd go to weddings with family friends. And my dad would try and explain it to his friends. And nobody understood it for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah, I can totally see that. Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand in hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical grade and medically endorsed line of supplements. 
All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, use our code WEGETTONOW, and save 30% on your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the interview. Okay, so tell us about your first cookbook. Like, when did that happen, and how'd you get that deal? So I was in New York with Matt and Adam, who are two of my very best friends, and also have taken over the photography and food styling portion of my blog. We were in New York just for fun, and we were just like, everyone that wants to see us, we're holding court here at this bar at this time. Like, come if you want. And so all of our friends from New York came, and there was this editor who had been working with a bunch of food bloggers I knew that was there and he was sitting next to me and he was like pioneer woman's crushing it and kitchens crushing it. Like I'm trying to figure out the next round of people who are going to, you know, do it. What would you write a book about? And I was like, what me? And like just off the cuff, I was totally kidding. I said, I'd write a cookbook all about avocados, like not thinking that through. No way. And he's like, that's a great idea. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> And he's like, no, it's a great idea. And a week or two later, he called and bought the book. And so I was like, oh, crap. Now I got to write it. Like, <laughs> 80 avocado recipes. And so I got to work. Oh, my word. Well, I'm obsessed with avocados, as are you. Me too. I mean, I really am. Like, an avocado a day is great. Yeah, for sure. But try writing a book with 80 avocado recipes that have to include dessert when you're not vegan. And I'm like... Not cool. Yeah, not it cool. It was a really interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm very proud of my first book. I love it dearly. But my second book, I feel like it just is who I am a lot more so than the first book. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I love the second cookbook. Tell us a little bit about the cookbook, the second one for the people listening who haven't seen it. Sure. So the first book, I think, had been out for four or five years. It did fine. It wasn't like gangbusters, the avocado book. And I didn't know if I would ever write another cookbook ever again, to be totally honest. Was it, you were kind of burnt out a little bit? No, I just didn't. It wasn't a bestseller. Like a cookbook's an expensive endeavor. Like you get an advance, you pay for photography, publishers put out a lot of money to promote it. And I have no idea if I ever earned that out. And so when my Instagram following grew, my blog traffic like quadrupled, like my numbers kept going up and up and up. And this woman emailed me, Janice, my literary agent, and I had tried to get her to be my literary agent the first time. And she said, no, she's like, you're not big enough. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And she called me out of the blue and was like, I've been keeping my eye on you and you're crushing it. Like, let's talk. That's exciting. I quickly broke up with my existing literary agent because I just love Janice. I love what she stands for. And we started working together and I sent her a proposal and she was like, this is awful. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah, because to be honest, like in my first cookbook, no one involved in the process really pushed me to be a better writer, 
to really like do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And Janice was not going to let me, you know, off easy. So I worked really hard on redoing my proposal and it took me months and we shot sample images and I had to really try. And finally she was like, it's fantastic. Let's do it. That's amazing. And the proposal went to auction and we had a bunch of publishers bidding on it which was awesome and terrifying because once you get everyone's bid, you have to make a decision within 24 hours. You do? I did not know that. Yeah. It's not a lot of time and I like to really think about things. (laughs) Oh man. So you are a planner, huh? Yeah, I'm such a planner. And so I went with Abrams and it was the best decision I've ever made. They let me make exactly the book that I wanted. And yeah, the rest is history. It came out in April 2018. And I did, I think, a 27 city book tour. I mean, it's like my child. I'm so proud of it. It was really an incredible experience. And going on book tour was equal parts exhausting and invigorating because it was so cool to get to meet everyone that's been following what's got be cooking for these last couple years and to hear their stories about my recipes in their kitchen. And like, I loved every second of it. That sounds wonderful. So tell us the top two or three favorite recipes from that book. Hands down the chicken lard bowls, which is kind of this Thai recipe that I simplified from one of my favorite restaurants in LA. The Lazy Girl Chicken Enchiladas are pretty life-changing. The meatballs, really good. Yum. (laughs) Those are the three I see pop up on Instagram every day. But that's the beauty of Instagram, getting to see your recipes in everyone else's kitchen. It's super cool. I love the connection part of that. And I'm on the flip. I mean, I'm not the blogger. I'm the one, like, I'm so excited about cooking so-and-so's recipe, and I just want to show them, like, how it turned out. And my whole family loved it. And it's fun to connect that way. It's really cool. Absolutely. And it's also instant feedback. Like, if I ever need to know if people want to see something with chicken or turkey, all you have to do is ask and you'll have 20,000 answers within a few minutes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so tell us about social media a little bit. Like I think I read somewhere or heard somewhere that you are, you're about Snapchat, right? I was. I was very much about Snapchat. Oh, you were. I mean, I'm pretty sure I was the first food blogger to start Snapchat. I started a weekly cooking show. It was every Friday at noon. We had music. It was the whole kit and caboodle. And we crushed it like we had so many views and it was just like there were magazines writing about it like we got a lot of cool press and then snapchat did a few updates and made the platform so not friendly for users it was such a turnoff and around that time insta came out with insta stories interesting and at first i was like that's so gross of instagram they just ripped off snapchat and then i was like wait a minute I have so many followers on Instagram, like it makes sense to do everything on one platform. Mm -hmm. And Snapchat kept doing all these updates and they kept making it less friendly and less friendly. And finally, I just, I mean, I'm still active on it. I still respond to questions and people still snap me stuff from their kitchen, but I don't create content specifically for Snapchat anymore. Okay, well, (laughs) a couple nights ago in prep for this interview, I was like, well, I really should get on Snapchat. I should like get an account and figure out what the heck this is. (laughs) I actually had an account, but I never use it. And I had no idea how to even like find the spot where you type in to find somebody like you. And then I spelled it wrong. And if it wasn't spelled exactly right, I wouldn't find it. And then I finally found you. But then I was like, accidentally about to text you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so awkward. But you're right. It's so not user friendly. I just could not figure it out. That's what I'm talking about. It used to be way more friendly, but everything is just more 
search friendly on Instagram. And, you know, that's what we did. Okay. And your husband, Thomas, right? Yes. He has such a funny Instagram account. So (laughs) anybody listening, he's a fan of Gabby. You've got to check out her husband's account because he's doing like all these behind the scenes, like footage of her and capturing her when she's not paying attention. It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. So Thomas started What's Thomas Eating? Gosh, I don't even remember when it was, but it was basically a vehicle to make fun of me because I'm very forthcoming about what my life looks like. If you're on stories, like, you know, it's not always beautiful cheese boards. There are many nights I just eat hummus in my pajamas watching TV and that's dinner. But he started it as a way to just tell people that it's not always beautiful cheese boards and slutty brownies and all these different things. And he's really kind of taken off with it. And it's so funny, like his engagement sometimes blows mine out of the water and he gets such a kick out of it. (laughs) It really is so funny. And like, it's endearing to you as well. Like I know he's kind of making fun of you, but it makes you just so much more real and approachable. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, but it's true also. Like I think you see it to a certain extent on my stories, but it's just kind of amplified on his channel. Oh, totally. We're both having a really good time with it. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) So did I read correctly that he is working in Seattle? Yeah, so he's up in Seattle starting a company. I'm in Seattle right now, actually, also. I split my time. I go back and forth because my business is still functioning out of LA. But yeah, he'll be up in Seattle for, you know, another year or two probably. And then we'll be back in LA full time. Just like on a more serious note, tell us how it is. Like, how do you work life balance at all with cookbook tours and, you know, husband up in Seattle? And how's that all work for you? Well, Thomas, I have a really incredible communicative style. Is that right? Like, was that proper? English? Yeah, totally. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I'm gone a lot. I'll be honest. And I have very little balance. But when I'm home with him, that's my priority. And my company has been rolling for a couple of years. He's trying to start another new company. Like we're both entrepreneurs and really willing to put in the work. And so we get it. And we make a lot of time for each other. We travel a lot. And we'll get out of town for two weeks and try and disconnect with, you know, social media and just be the two of us. And when we're together, like I have a production crew downstairs right now waiting to shoot video with me as soon as we're done with this podcast. So, you know, we both put in a lot of time and effort and there's very little balance, but right now it works. We don't have kids. So I feel like that makes it a little bit easier. It does make it easier. Yeah. Actually, my husband and I, well, we were both active duty military, but he's still active. I got out for the kids, but yeah, we spent tons of time apart. So I totally get it. And I love that you're saying there's very little balance because that's the truth. Anybody who says they've got it all balanced is lying. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's not real. I mean, we all strive for it, but I think it helps take the edge off when we accept that there's just seasons of life where there is no balance because that's what it's demanding of you. And that's okay if you're focused on really giving 100% of yourself to the important relationships when you have the moments with them. Yeah. And also, like, we're both trying to build a specific future for ourselves. Like, we've got expensive taste. We have to work hard to keep it. So I hear you. You know, it is what it is. (laughs) Okay. So tell us, do you have any favorite cookbooks of your own? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm blanking on his name, but it's supposed to arrive tonight. I already know it's going to be my favorite. The Chef at Zahav in Philadelphia just came out with a new book. I think it's called Israeli Soul. 
It's one of my favorites. All of the Otolenghi cookbooks are like Bibles to me. Alice Waters, I love her book. Those are the ones I find myself going back to over and over. Oh, and this book called Six Seasons. It's by a chef out of Portland. He has two restaurants. One's Tusk, one's called Ava Jean's. And they're my favorite restaurants in Portland. And his cookbook is incredible. Portland has some of the best restaurants I think I've ever been. Oh my God, it's dumb. Everything is fantastic. The food scene is in. Insane. Yeah. Portland, Austin, and Nashville are crushing it right now. Yeah. So my co-host Tedra lives in Austin. And anytime I go visit, I mean, first of all, I'm blown away by the food scene. But then when I get back, my poor husband has to listen to me vent for a good chunk of time. Like, it's just, you can't even compare it. It's not fair. <laughs> no, you can't get tacos anywhere else in the world. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, it's just not right. Oh, and the Uchi Sushi place in Austin. Oh. Have you been there? Oh, my God. Multiple times. It's my sister and I's favorite place to go. Oh, it's so good. So I'm curious if you've had any mentors in this career field along the way. Yeah, I have. So I would say probably my biggest mentor, her name is Lori Buckle. She comes from the magazine world. And she left the magazine world probably like four years ago, moved back to LA. And we had known each other through this organization called IACP. And she was going to start a new company. And I was in the middle of rebranding What's Gabby Cooking. And we really just kind of helped each other out. She helped me really make What's Gabby Cooking. Like, I couldn't have described What's Gabby Cooking to you in a short, succinct sentence. Like, I didn't have an elevator pitch. I didn't have any editorial calendar experience. And she helped me with all of that. And I helped her, you know, I explained the entire digital world and how to work with influencers and management companies and yada, yada, yada. So we both kind of brought different world experience to each other. And she has been such an incredible resource for me and friend. Like, I feel like she's part of my family. It seems like the people we talk to are happy with the community. And it seems like a real supportive community in the food blogging world. I mean, there's always going to be some percentage of negative, I guess. Yeah, there's always an outlier. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're not going to talk about those punks. No. But, <laughs> but in general, it seems like a pretty cool, supportive community of people. Absolutely. I mean, my best friend, the best man in my wedding, Matt, food photographer, and we met through food blogging. You know, that's how he started was through the blogging world. So do you ever get sick of it? Like if you had times where you're just ready to chunk the whole thing? Oh my God, no, it's my favorite. I have the best job in the whole wide world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I feel like it shows. You just are full of positive personality, chill, like laid back. Yeah. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. I mean, there are days when I'm like exhausted and I can't think of a recipe, but I pick up and I go on a road trip or I go work out or I do something and take my mind off of it. And I come back feeling refreshed and ready to roll. Is it hard to find inspiration to just be constantly coming up with new recipes and content or is it just kind of flowing out of you? I think because I travel so much, both domestically and internationally, I mean, I'm very blessed that I get to do that. And I think it makes it easy to come up with different recipes. Like I just got back from Morocco and I have crazy Moroccan recipes like pouring out of my brain. I wake up thinking of things all night long. I followed a couple of the stories in Morocco, by the way, and I just was like drooling. It was so sick. It was the best trip. But because I'm on the road, whether it's for my book tour or for my product lines or for personal travel, I get to go see a lot of different cultures and meet people. And I feel like that's really helpful when you're developing recipes. 
Yeah, definitely. And what's your like meal prep kind of situation like? There's the meal prep for the blog and then there's the meal prep just for your basic like day-to-day life. What's the day-to-day gobby meal prep life like? <laughs> it changes every day. Like no day is the same. There are days when I'm on set shooting and we will end up going out for dinner because I can't look at food anymore. There are days when I recipe test four or five recipes a day. And so we've got meals for like a week probably. It's so different. But I do try and prep veggies every Sunday. Like I'll roast a couple sheet pans of different things. So my husband and I can like toss it with quinoa or some shredded chicken or throw one of my salsas or something on it for lunches. And I'm assuming you have avocados and chips at all times. <laughs> I mean, if there's not an avocado in the house, there's a problem. Yeah, I totally agree. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to ask you about the spices. It looks like you've got some spices going for William Sonoma, but one of them specifically is this guacamole prep or something. Like, tell me about that one. I have two different lines. I have a line of salsas and multi-use sauces, which came out last year. There's a chipotle salsa, a tomatillo salsa, and and a guacamole starter. And so the guac starter, you just mix a couple tablespoons with as many avocados as you need, and you have legit guacamole, and I'm a total guac snob, so I feel very confident saying that. And then I have a line of seasonings that came out this spring, Gabby's Go-To, This Is Everything, and All Things Meat, that you can use on a variety of different things. Gabby's Go-To, you literally can put on everything, This is everything is my version, way less salty and more flavorful than the everything bagel blend. And all things meat is for, you know, pork and steak and burgers and chicken and grilling and all that kind of stuff. Okay, you're speaking my language here because I love everything (laughs) bagel, but add some herbs and we're in business. Yeah, I mean, they're all really good and they've been selling really well, which is very exciting. We're working on another batch of new seasonings. I mean, these ones are going to continue forever, but we're going to do some new ones launching next spring that we've been developing over the last few months. Exciting. So tell us about a meal experience that you've just never forgotten. So every year we go on surprise vacation with my family since I was a kid. My dad and my mom plan this trip. We get clues. They used to pack for us. And What? This is so cool. It's so much fun. The clues have gotten progressively harder and crazier, and now I put them on the blog, so my dad gets thousands of emails people guessing. It's hysterical. But last year, the trip was on safari in South Africa. And no one in my family knew this was going to happen. But I had been Instagram and storing this whole trip. And the people at Londolozi, which is the private like safari camp we were at, saw my Instagram and my following and how much I love food. And on the tail end one day of one of our drives, we stopped in the middle of the bush, like in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, uh, why are we stopping? Like we have to go to have dinner and cocktails and drinks and like, let's go. And they had set up this incredible meal for us in the bush, full bar. They were grilling pizzas over like a makeshift barbecue. And you could hear all the animals, you know, I mean, none of the animals were close. Like it's not like we saw a lion trot by, (laughs) but you could hear them all like stirring and getting ready to go to sleep and hunting and all these different things. And it was so special. It was just one of the coolest experiences. Oh man, got me right there. I went to Africa, a humanitarian thing when I was younger. And Is it just like burned into your psyche now? I mean, it's 
burn into my psyche after I went. Like in my soul, Africa. I don't know. There's something about the wild and the smells and oh. Yeah, I've always had a thing with Africa. My mom grew up in South Africa. I've been probably three or four times, never with her until we went to safari, but for other projects and work and stuff like that. And it's just so different than anything we're familiar with in America. And the people are so kind and pure. It just feels like you're home, which is so weird to say. And I don't know how else to describe it, but you just at peace there. I know what you mean. There's something like raw and beautiful. It's also rough in a lot of places, but there's a purity to it that is not anywhere else on the planet, period. Yeah, you can't find it anywhere else you go. And I'm dying to go back. My next trip is going to be Namibia. I'm manifesting it right now. Namibia, Namibia. (laughs) (laughs) That's exciting. Okay, so I want to toss you over to my co-host, Tedra, and see if she has any questions. Cool. I do. Hey. Okay, so I want to back up a little bit because I like to listen as a regular listener and then be like, oh, I wish I would have known this. Yeah. So you talked about how you went to culinary school and it was sort of on a whim. I mean, you weren't thinking you wanted to go into the food world, were you? Never. I never intended that. I was going to go into business. So you're starting off in your culinary school. Like what happened that was the turning point where you were like, I'm all in. This is going to be my career. Like what happened? I think when I started making money off of my blog, I was like, okay, I could do this. And as it continued to build up and I was talking to my readers and hearing their stories about my recipes, I think I got addicted to that. And then I was all in. I mean, I think that's such an organic story because you didn't set out to do this. It's like all of a sudden you just sort of followed down this path that was meant to be. Yeah, it's nuts. And I wouldn't change one thing. Nothing about it would be different. So when you first started doing your private chefing and you're in these people's homes and you're sort of like faking it till you make it. I mean, did you ever like burn dinner or like ruin like you like some awful meal and you're like, here's dinner. And did you ever have that situation happen? I set Jessica's stove on fire once, which was hysterical <laughs> and terrifying. And I think I cried. Oops. But her husband's dad was there and he put it out very quickly. My first client, they wanted miso black cod for dinner, which you're supposed to like broil it and get it all like crispy and I served the most like limp looking fish when my first dinner <laughs> I think they actually probably ended up going out for sushi that night I don't think they ate what I made it was the second week I don't think they expected much from me yet <laughs> that's what I was gonna say like I can imagine that it's like you're newly just cooking yourself and then all of a sudden you're like supposed to be cooking these like you know chef prepared meals for a family that would be pretty intimidating yes however neither family wanted chefy meals like Jessica eats exactly how I eat. She wants like Tex-Mex and salads and fun desserts and stuff like that. The family in Malibu had like different dietary restrictions. So I would make like eight to nine things a day. So nothing was ever that complicated. It was just a lot of food. Okay. And then I want to ask you about your cinnamon sugar, like chocolate chip pull apart bread. Yes. Dear heavens. I know. Okay, how are you coming up with these things? Like, I mean, I see that picture and like, how do you even make that? Like, are you making little separate pieces of dough and smooshing them together? Or how's that working? Well, you roll the dough out into like a huge sheet and then you slice it into pieces and you do the cinnamon sugar and the chocolate chips in between and like layer it all together like a deck of cards. It's beautiful. I don't know how I come up with these things. I mean, that one came about because like everyone's obsessed with cinnamon rolls and I don't love cinnamon rolls. I'm an alien. 
fully aware. I also don't like peanut butter. <laughs> but I was like, I want something that's reminiscent of a cinnamon roll, but like maybe doesn't have all the glaze. And, and I add chocolate to everything. So obviously there were chocolate chips. <laughs> I want to try to make that one day. We grew up, my mom served us cinnamon toast all the time. And so I saw that and it was like, it's just like, Cinnamon toast, but all stacked together. <laughs> Looks yeah. delicious. It's a crowd pleaser. Like, take a morning and make it, and you're not going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have a brunch coming up, and I think I'm going to whip that out and impress everyone. There you go. Okay, what's one or two great tips you could share with our listeners? It can be about life or it could be about your food world. I would say don't let anybody tell you no. And if they do, go prove them wrong. And to not take yourself too seriously. I think life's too short to be too serious about things. Okay, I want to follow up with you there. So when you say like, you know, don't take no for an answer or however you just worded that, what's an example of that in your own life? I mean, I hear people say that and like, no one's going to support you as much as you're going to support yourself, you know, but like, what's one way that you would actually like implement that or have in your life? So when I first wanted to do a line of what's got to be cooking products, like things people could hold and touch and have in their kitchen that aren't just like recipes on my blog, everyone said no. They're like, no, absolutely. You can't, you're not gonna be able to do that. And I was like, okay, watch me. Mm. And I cold called William Sonoma and Sir Latab and Sir Latab actually came back first and was like, we're in, let's do it. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like I love William Sonoma. I shop there every day. Like that feels like the place to do it. And I wooed them and eventually it all worked out and it's been the most incredible partnership I could have ever imagined and I'm part of their family and they're part of my like it's just too good to be true but nobody thought I could do it that's impressive I'm glad I asked that question because actually when you were talked about the Williams Sonoma I remember thinking in that conversation I wonder how that came about yeah there we go I don't take no for an answer very well if I call you at 9 a.m. on any given day, what are you most likely doing? I won't answer because I'm at the gym. <laughs> I go to the gym. I go see my trainer. I mean, I try and go as many days as I can, but I'm there at least three or four days a week. What's something people would be surprised to know about you? I'm a cat lady. Okay, how many? I have one cat. I've never had dogs. I'm a little scared when they jump on me. <laughs> How do you like to decompress? Watching terrible reality TV. Okay, well, let's hear one favorite. I'm guilty. It's charged also. What's something you love? I mean, I watch all the housewives. Jeff Lewis is flipping out, even though it's almost over. No, I keep saying, like, don't on the show. Don't on the show. Hopefully they won't. Well, I don't know. I think they're having some internal issues with staffing. I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. I watch Ozarks, Game of Thrones. Narcos, Peaky Blinders. I mean, you name it, I watch it. Okay, we have the same taste. I'll come over and watch <laughs> Who are three people you love to follow on Instagram? Chrissy Teigen. She's hilarious. Ellen DeGeneres, obviously. Yeah. And this is so random. I can't remember his name right now, but Obama's old photographer. Oh, that's interesting. What about him do you like to follow? I just like him and he likes to throw some shade at certain political people and I think it's hysterical. <laughs> I actually, to be honest, don't follow a lot of food people because I don't want to be influenced by what they're doing. I want to do my own thing and be original. So it's a lot of like friends that I've met and, you know, people that are not necessarily in the same career path as me. 
Okay, so what's a favorite app other than social media? To do, T E U X D E U X. It's a to do list app, and I love a list, and it allows you to cross things off and like they go away when you cross it off, and it feels like I'm being very productive. Do you have a favorite book? Currently obsessing over Michelle Obama's new book, Becoming Michelle. I've been hearing such good things about that. It's amazing. You should also download it on audio because then she reads to you. I love how the authors, they're doing their own books these days. It's the best. She's really funny. Describe your perfect day. Wake up, have a kombucha, go see my trainer, maybe go have lunch with a girlfriend and go to the studio, shoot some photos, cook dinner for a group of friends, and then binge watch Game of Thrones. What city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave? I cried when we left Londolozi, which was the safari camp in South Africa, but that's not really a city. Probably Paris. What's your current Netflix addiction? I know we just covered a bunch of shows, but... Oh, well, I just finished Ozarks. Is Ray Donovan on Netflix? Oh, I'm not sure, but we'll take any network. Okay, well, I just started Ray Donovan. I'm seven seasons behind, and I'll be caught up in three weeks. I love finding a new show to binge. That's how I did Game of Thrones. I was, like, so far behind, and then (gasps) it's just because you have the whole thing to, like, lean on. You know it's going to be there for you for weeks. You know, I'm re-watching Game of Thrones for the third time prior to it starting in April. It probably makes more and more sense every time you do that, actually. Oh my God, you pick up on so many things. There's a new show that I've been hearing such good buzz about. Bodyguard? Have you heard of that? It's with the guy, Rob Stark, from Game of Thrones. No, I haven't watched a Rob Stark one, but I was very upset when he died, so I'll probably be into it. Yeah, check out Bodyguard. Okay, so do you have a song currently on repeat? Harry Styles, Sign of the Time. (laughs) What's your favorite beauty product found in your bag? I live for an under eye mask. Okay, who would you love to have a cup of coffee with? Chrissy Teigen. Do you live by a motto? Never take no for an answer. Who's your celebrity crush? Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> oh, please, I know. It's like I always think like he's older in real life, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed with him. Okay, what's a food that you absolutely will not eat? Liver. What meal would you choose as your last meal? Grilled cheese dipped in ketchup. What's your biggest pet peeve? People who have no self-awareness at the airport and like don't walk in a straight line. What's the best gift you've ever received? My Maya Brenner necklace with my and my husband's initials on it. What is the last thing you Googled? Oh, should I look it up? Sure. I love the spontaneous ones. Oh, uh, I mean, you can sense a trend. Michelle Obama was on Ellen today and I Googled all the clips so I could watch it. (laughs) Okay, so we have one last question for you. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received? My parents taught me really young that no one's going to do anything for me. If you want something done, you're going to have to go out and make it happen yourself. And that could be interpreted in many ways. But for example, when I was a kid, if I got into a fight with one of my friends, my mom wasn't going to call and smooth things over with her mom. Like I needed to go over there and we need to talk it out. And that's just grown over the years as I've grown as a human. But I think 
you know, no one's going to do it for you. It's not going to just be given to you. You have to go out there and get it. That's great advice. And I hope that's shared more often in life because I think one thing is a lot of times the parents just might be like, well, it wasn't your fault. You don't need to apologize or you don't need to make up regardless of the situation. So I think that's cool that your parents sort of encouraged that. Who knew what the story was, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So where do we find you online and all your social handles, all that good stuff? Yeah. So my blog is whatsgobbycooking.com. All my social channels are whatsgobbycooking. No G because Instagram and Twitter cut me off <laughs> back in the day when they had a limit to how long your username could be. Is that why? Yeah. It, it wouldn't let me put the G in there. Now you can have it as long as you want, but I was an early adapter, so I got cut off. I love that little tidbit of info. <laughs> Yeah. So that's social. And then my books are in almost every bookstore and on Amazon. You just search for What's Gobby Cooking. Okay, Gobby, this has been a joy to chat with you today. And we really thank you for your time and letting us get to know you a little bit. Thank you guys. This was awesome. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay, Jade. So let's host a host chat for just a minute. Thanksgiving's coming up in just a couple days. Yum. So tell me like, what's your top three things that are going to be served at your Thanksgiving table? Okay. I love all the potato dishes. Sweet potato, plain potatoes. It doesn't even matter if it's mashed or scallop. Like, don't care. Love it. Okay. And then probably the next two would be that combination bite of whatever vegetable it is. So if it's green beans or like a slaw or a shredded Brussels sprout salad or whatever, but that combined with turkey. I just love those flavors. And maybe even like, you know, the cranberry. I like mushing it all together. I like that bite. What about you? Okay. So my top three would be the dinner rolls. (laughs) So delicious. They're like frozen. I don't know what brand it is, but there's like two little frozen nuggets go in the muffin tin and then they quadruple in size and then they're just fresh and hot and so good. Almost like those Hawaiian bun kind of things that you're talking about. No, they're not Hawaiian buns. I don't know what they are. Dinner rolls. (laughs) Then I would say the macaroni and cheese, and then the cheesecake. So the cheese. (laughs) Seriously heavy, cheesy, garby stuff is what I'm going to really be enjoying on Thanksgiving. We're just keeping it real here. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to say like, oh, the green beans and the, you know, turkey and all that. But nope, I'm down for the heavy stuff. Yeah, I love it too. It's yummy. Okay, so we want to thank you for listening today. And if you like the show, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and we're on social media at wegettoknow. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to talk to you and get your opinions on guest and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. Hey, Jade. Hey, Tedra. Okay, so today on the show, we're chatting with Gabby Dalkin from What's Gabby Cooking? <laughs> Something sounds weird. <laughs> What am I doing? What's a garbage cooking? <laughs> <laughs> what's a garbage cooking? Hello, Jade. Hello, Tedra. So today on the show, we're chatting with Gabby Dawkin from What's Gabby Cooking. She's all about the California life, flip-flop, <laughs> sunshine, fresh goddess salads, backyard dinner parties, and of course, tons of avocados. We chat about her early days, her impromptu culinary school stand that quickly led to working as a private chef, and of course, the launch of her blog. She tells how she met her husband, what led to two cookbook deals, and how not know for an answer launched her own pro- product line with William Sonoma. 
We love her down to earth personality, our shy love of reality TV, and of course, good food. So go ahead and listen in. Do you like it? You've got this like. 